What community sounds like? Stay open. Hey guys, this is Chris from Tap the Craft. I want to tell you about a new partner that we have for the show, B Cups. B Cups is the world's first line of style-specific beer cups for people on the go. Whether by the beach, pool, hiking, or on the boat, B Cups are great for any place you can't use glassware. They're dishwasher safe, lightweight, BPA-free, recyclable, and so clear that they often get mistaken for glass. They come as four packs on Amazon.com, but two packs and variety packs are available on their website at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Go check it out. Welcome, craft beer friends, to Season 6, Episode 14 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and my partner in craft, the dog whisperer and home brewer from Tampa, <laughs> Florida, Mr. Chris McKenzie. How are you doing tonight, and what is in your glass? Well, now that I have a new nickname, I think I'm doing a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the former Wellsboro fit when you were really going after those wells, but you're right. You're not going after the wells as much as you were before, so... Now we have to change it up and give you a more accurate uh, nickname. Okay, I'll, st- I'll stick with that. And uh, in, in my, well, let's say, how am I doing? I'm doing good, uh, like I just mentioned to you. It's been a, it's been a long day, so I'm uh, ready to just hang out and relax and mm-hmm. maybe, maybe have a short show with you. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but in my glass this evening, I'm actually drinking a homebrew, but not from me. Oh, uh, I've got a golden strong ale from my buddy Trey here in Tampa. And uh, he actually gave this to me, this bottle to me uh, when we did the potluck and bottle share on the 1st of January. And I'm finally cracking this thing open. <laughs> so, so you had taken a sip yet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it a Belgian golden strong or just a regular golden strong? A uh, Belgian golden strong. Oh, yes. I love those. <clears throat> yes. And it's not. The Belgian, like the Belgian yeast flavor isn't, isn't too overpowering, um, but it's, you know, it's pretty light in flavor, but it's still really good. And it's really bubbly and effervescent. I like it. Yes. Effervescence and bubbly. Yes. Everybody loves effervescence. Yeah. 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 Well, what about you? What's, uh, what's in your glass and how are you doing this evening? All right. Well, I have a beer in my glass and it's a lighter beer. It's actually a... Uh, Blondale from Firestone Walker. It's their 805. It's their flagship, like, uh, I think it's their, I think it's like their most, most, most sold beer, I think, 805. That wouldn't be surprising. Yeah. I mean, I've even had that beer. Yeah. So I, um, you know, when I pick up stuff to drink, you know, during the week, I want something that's just easy. I don't want to be drinking IPAs all the time or, or big stouts. And so I'll, I'll buy a can or, or a bottle of those big things and some IPAs, but, a lot of times I just want to drink something easy drinking. And so it's either going to be something like this, like a nice Blondale, or it's going to be a lager of some sort uh, that I just uh, really enjoy. And uh, this was on sale for $9 a six-pack. And for $9 a six-pack, you can't go wrong. Uh, and what's nice, too, is that um, I picked this up, and my son came over Friday, 
and he asked, uh, hey, I'm going to go to a friend's house tonight. We're going to have pizza and beer. I'm supposed to bring the beer. But, uh, you know, they don't like beers that are that are too dark or too strong or IPAs. They want something, you know, more more lighter. And 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 so he asked me, what hey, what do you recommend? What can I get that that will be an easy drinker? I said, you know what? I've got just what you need in my fridge. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> I pulled out the can, showed him, uh, sent him a text with, with what it was. And he grabbed a six-pack, took it over, and uh, they really enjoyed this beer. It went perfectly with their pizza. And, uh, you know, they drink the whole six-pack, and, and it's not too, you know, it's about 4.7% ABV, so it's not too outrageous, uh, but it's really uh, easy, smooth drinking, and I, I like it a lot. So, uh, and, I, and I'm drinking this nice and easy beer because this is the first beer I've had in seven or eight days. What? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, it turns out that last week was a rough week for me. Um, Saturday... I started feeling uh, I started feeling like I had some uh, some pain in my diaphragm, and uh, normally when I get like pain in my diaphragm, I uh, I relate that to uh, some back pain. I did have some back pain, and sometimes when you have back pain, the muscles kind of tighten around and give you some pain up in your diaphragm area. Mm-hmm. And so I started with that in the morning, and I kind of shook it off. Okay, yeah, I'm used to pain, no big deal. And then as it went on to the day, Saturday. Uh, it started moving down from my diaphragm into my belly button region, and it felt like I had some gas. And it didn't surprise me because we weren't really eating uh, normally. Normally, we eat at home and we we cook certain things, and I, I have a, a pretty regular diet. But we ate out a couple times. Friday night, my stepmom was in town. Friday night, we ate at uh, ate out, and I had uh, some kind of a Italian dish, and so it had a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, a little bit of extra rich and and uh, tomato and garlicky stuff that I figured was probably give me some gas. So I thought, okay, I've got some gas. And I had pizza on on Saturday night. Again, probably not the best choice, but uh, but we had pizza. So I had Italian like two days in a row. I thought, you know what? I've got some gas pains. It's probably just gas. Then Sunday comes around and I'm like, wow, that gas is still hanging around. But uh, but no big deal. Sunday night comes and I'm like, now my pain's kind of still rolling around by my belly button, but moving kind of over to my right side. I, and I started thinking, man, I wonder if I got myself a hernia. I, you know, I felt like I, I had some tenderness, uh, you know, right in my belly area there. And, uh, so I didn't, you know, and I'm not sleeping well because the pain was kind of worse when I was laying down uh, mm-hmm. trying to sleep. So then Monday comes, I go to work. I didn't have that Monday off, which was Martin Luther King's birthday. I went to work. By the time I got done with work, I barely made it home. I mean, I was I, I come walking into the house and I just was like kind of hunched over. I'm like, man, my gut is really hurting. And I, and I was like, this is this is really you know dragging on. I I go to bed and I can't sleep. the The pain feels like I have a like a pointed rock, like a not a not a sharp rock, but like just a, a pointed rock, like kind of bearing in on my right side and I, all of a sudden I started getting the chills like okay now I have a slight fever I said something's not right so uh, I said okay tomorrow I'll go ahead and call a doctor and find out what's going on uh, and then so I go to work uh, I, I have a meeting in the morning with the customer with my customer and I didn't want to miss it because I had a lot of information I needed to share with them and I and I just didn't want to put that burden on someone else that wasn't prepared so uh, I called in the morning, and, and the doctor says, uh, hey, we got an appointment. Can you be here in 20 minutes? I said, no, in 20 minutes I have an, a meeting. 
but I can come after the meeting. So, okay, come in at 11.20. So I go to my meeting. I, I, I present. Everything goes well. I get done. I, I do some other work, and I go to the doctor, and I told him what's going on. And he says, uh, hey, uh, I, I don't want to alarm you, but I think you need to go to the emergency room. I said, why? I says, I, you know, I'm 80% sure that you either have appendicitis or your p- appendix ruptured last night. Because, <clears throat> because what happened is that I wasn't sleeping. I had a severe pain Monday night uh, until about 3 a.m. And then the, the pain all of a sudden went away. And once the pain went away, I fell asleep for two hours and then woke up and you know got ready for work. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's weird. The pain was really bad, and then it went away. And uh, but then the you know it still was uncomfortable during the the morning. That's why I went and made that appointment. So then I get in the car, I drive myself to the emergency room, and I go and check in and and I tell the the person up front. I said, my doctor just sent me over. He sent you. He sent the hospital the my uh, notes from that he took when I was over at his office. Uh, he says I need to get a CAT scan for appendicitis. And so they take check me in my vitals. My vitals were fine. Nothing's, you know, I'm in good health. And that's the problem, I guess, is that I'm in good health. So they didn't, they said, well, you know, no elevated heartbeat, no elevated, you know, this, that, or other thing. He's not complaining of pain. Uh, they took me back to the room right away. But then I waited like an hour before anyone came in to see me. And then they finally come in. They do a little checkup. They say, oh, it looks, sounds like, you know, you have appendicitis. I said, yeah, I, I told you guys that when I walked in. <laughs> so they said, okay, we'll get you set up for a CAT scan, some blood tests, urine, you know, you take urine. So an hour later, I get in, I get my blood taken, and then, uh, you know, I, I go in for the CAT scan. Now, you know, I've been in the emergency room for two hours now. Uh, I wait another hour for the results to come back. They come back saying, guess what? Uh, you have appendicitis, and we need to do emergency surgery on you. I'm like, okay, well, let's get this thing done. I said, well, a, you know, we may or may not do it right away. I said, well, why not do it right now? Well, because uh, it depends on the cert- if the sur- surgeon on call is available and has, you know, whatever. I'm like, well, this is supposed to be an emergency <clears throat> operation. You should make some, make me a priority, I was thinking. So Isn't they that said, why they're a surgeon on call? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you would think. So finally they decided that they're, luckily I hadn't eaten anything since 5.30 in the morning when I had oatmeal before I went to work mm-hmm. and I had anything else. So now it's, 3.30 in the afternoon, I've been at the emergency room for nearly four hours, and uh, and they decided, that, okay, uh, because you didn't eat anything since 5.30, we're going to go ahead and do the surgery, you know, right now in an hour. So they wheeled me up to pre-op, and then uh, you know, basically within 30 minutes after they got me up there, I was put under, and and, and I, I'm one, one less organ in my body. And uh, so they, they told me that uh, because... Uh, it's being hap- it's happening late. You'll probably have to stay overnight in the hospital for observation. I'm like, oh, great. Just what I need to stay in the hospital. Uh, but luckily, because again, my health is, I'm in good health and, um, you know, I don't have, I don't have any problems except for appendicitis and a slight uh, esophagus hernia issue that, you know, flares up every so often. Uh, they said, you know what? You came out of this thing so well, we're going to let you go home. So I got to go home. Oh. Uh, Tuesday night. So basically, uh, I was walking around with uh, appendicitis for four days uh, before I went to the doctor and uh, and had it removed. But the good news is it did not rupture. Uh, they were able to uh, remove it without any issues, and I've been recovering for uh, for a few days now. Today is the first day I went back to work. So the reason, Chris, that I I said this is going to be a short show is because I am. 
uh, I'm a little worn out. Uh, I, you know, you're not supposed to go back to work quite so early from this uh, type of thing, but because I was so stir crazy at, at home, I had to get out and get back to work. Uh, so I made it all the way through a full day of work, uh, but I'm definitely feeling it. I, uh, I'm going to have to take it a little easier tomorrow, I think. But um, I am drinking my first beer in seven or eight days. I think I my last beer was on Saturday, I think, was last beer uh, before my, my surgery. And I, I told Sarah, um, the other thing is that, you know, they, they send you home with uh, – uh, with narcotics and ibuprofen and I tell you to take Tylenol and I don't take medication um, but uh, when it comes to like surgeries and stuff I'll take some ibuprofen and Tylenol just to kind of you know assist with the pain mm-hmm. um, but I didn't take any of the of the narcotics I, I I said I can if I if I can't manage my pain uh, without taking the severe drugs then I might consider it but um, I was able to go without uh, taking any narcotic uh, painkillers, which is good because that's even better if you can get away with not uh, taking those pain medications. But I told Sarah, I was like, two days in, I think it was Thursday, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop taking the uh, Tylenol and and ad, and uh, ibuprofen. I'm gonna start drinking beer instead." She says, "No, you're not." <laughs> I said, "But, but, honey, you, you know, you rather me put in a, a pharmaceutical drug than a natural pain reliever like beer?" I said, "I can." take a couple beers and, and, and the pain will be gone. And she said, you know what? You, you probably, you know, won't hurt you to go a week without beer. And it didn't hurt me. She was right. And I lost 10 pounds. So I guess that's a good thing too. Um, you know, surgery, uh, weight loss and, mm-hmm. and not drink it. But I think the weight loss is probably because my appetite hasn't been the, the biggest. And I took out the beer, which is probably my biggest, uh, you know, thing that adds to keeping my, my weight at, my normal weight, which is not a bad weight. I'm, I'm at the, uh, the norm, you know, for, for my height and stuff, but, but yeah, so that's how my week has gone, Chris. So, um, they didn't have a good draft selection at the hospital. Yeah. No, 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 no. They, uh, they had some, uh, uh, some nice water. Uh, I asked for it without cold, not being cold too. Cause I don't like cold water. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little weak. I'm picky about my beer and I'm picky about my water. Yeah. Yeah. So like there you go. There we go. That's like how my... we're starting this thing to show off. <laughs> okay. I mean, like my beer cold and my water warm. Yes. That's a fact. I do like warm water. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Uh, before we get, we, you know, I kind of had a, a little bit of stuff to talk about. I wanted to mention that uh, why people haven't seen me on Untapped or, uh, you know, drinking or, or anything is because I, I haven't been drinking. But uh, I want to let everyone know it's new to Tap to Craft Podcast, what we're all about. We are an educational podcast, and we focus around celebrating all things craft beer to assist our listeners along in their craft beer journey and adventures. And you're listening to episode 144. We're recording on Monday, January 27th, 2020. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing an article on how craft beer is breaking in to the sports arenas and stadiums. And uh, stands, uh, you know, kind of taking a little bit of a chunk away from big beer. Uh, you know, we're, so we'll talk about that in an article we posted on our Facebook page. And also, we're going to take a, a quick little peek into the craft beer growth of 2019. Now, they haven't, the Craft Beer Association hasn't released the official 2019 craft beer stats, but they did release a little snippet, a little insight on what they predict 
uh, will be the outcome of, of 2019. I thought we'd just talk about that really briefly. Uh, and then, of course, we do have our, uh, our contest for our last set of B Cups that we will be uh, giving away here shortly and some nice voicemails of people that, that left, which I can't wait to play on the air. So, Chris, let's get this conversation started by talking about what our listeners are drinking, according to Untapped. Okay, so I'm trying to find the bottom of this list here because there seems to be, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of drinking going on in the last few hours. And there's a day ago. Okay, this is interesting. So it goes from, <clears throat> excuse me, it goes from Craft Beer Joe drinking a Devil Dancer by Founders Brewing Company and an Oat Shake by Duclaw Brewing Company. Uh, and Joe actually wrote some notes on this Devil Dancer from Founders Brewing. He writes, literally feels like the hops and ABV are punching me in the face. And he gave both of those <laughs> beers four and a quarter caps. Now, that was what's marked on Untapped as a day ago. Okay. The next one in line is from three hours ago. Oh. So, um, let's see. What time is it now? It's roughly 8.30, o'clock-ish, at least Eastern time. Um, so, starting at about 6 and then... Nobody's been drinking since this time yesterday, apparently. Wow. I wonder if Untap was down. I don't know. That's quite a big gap. I've yeah. seen some large gaps before. I mean, it's only been like 12 hours, though. This one's pretty significant. Hmm. Oh, well. But <laughs> I actually have a few people checking into um, a couple of the same beers. Uh, and it looks like uh, John C., is drinking a Hop Slam by Bell's Brewery. And he writes that, I still don't get the hype. Uh, big, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> yeah, me either. I'm with you, John. Uh, big honey graham cracker slash Cheerio up front. Yeah. Then good floral hops and big sweet stickiness. And taste <laughs> a little bit of the alcohol with a good resiny aftertaste. They give it three and three quarters caps. Um, he checked into it twice, it looks like. Um, but... Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one, John. I'm I've never really been one to know what the hype is, and it seems like that's been a lot of beers lately. They yeah. get hyped up so much, and then they're just disappointing. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, Steve and Lily is drinking a Newport Nights West Coast IPA by Rogue Ales. Now this one, I uh, I'd never, I wasn't sure what this was, but I mean, it has a really some really cool can art. It looks very. Um, Looks very Grand Theft Auto Vice City, uh, Miami Vice okay. looking artwork on it. Um, oh no, I reset it. <laughs> oh, not again. That's okay. You know what? I'm going to find it. Oh, right back to where I was. Uh, Jeff Seiler is drinking a double dry hopped Space Diamonds by Other Half Brewing Company. I'd like to get my hand on, hands on some Other Half Brewing Company me too. stuff. Yeah, me too. Uh, he writes, amazing, hazy, double IPA, tropical, and oh, so easy to drink. Well done. Four and three quarter caps from three hours ago from Mr. Seiler. Um, I'm going to read this one just because it's funny. And John C. is drinking a hoppy refresher by Lagunitas Brewing Company. And it's uh, it looks like hop, fizzy hop water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so he just writes... Uh, he gave us uh, two and a quarter caps, and he writes seltzer with a little oniony hops. Oh, nasty! Why? Uh, Why? Uh, 
Uh, but yeah, oh. the it looks like seltzer water. It says zero alcohol oh. on the uh, on the actual bottle. So uh, I'll never drink that. <sighs> but hey, you took one for the team. Uh, Jeff Seiler is drinking a whole lot of Citra by Wilmington Brewing Company, and he writes whole lot of Citra, whole lot of flavor, mm. uh, fruity, hoppy, mildly sweet, and so tasty, yummy. Four and three quarters caps on that one as well. Jim Kudzal is drinking a KBS Espresso by Founders Brewing Company. And uh, very rich and bursting with coffee. Bourbon barrel flavor is lurking in the background just as I like it. Packs a punch <laughs> at 12% ABV. Oh, damn. That's wow. serious. Yeah. And it's, um, I do believe... Now that the once sought after KBS from Founders is a year-around production, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Stephen Lilly is drinking a Dare IPA Guava Passion Fruit Edition by Royal Docks Brewing Company. No notes or caps on that one. Um, Ryan Whedon, he's drinking a few things. Um, doesn't? I'm sorry, Ryan. Nothing exciting in there except <laughs> Op Slam. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's drinking the hop slam as well and gave it the same rating four and a quarter caps. Oh, no notes on it though. No, no. I think, uh, John C gave it three and three quarters, right? Oh, did he? I don't remember. I thought what? you said three and three quarters. Oh, it was. Yeah. Three and three quarters. Both, uh, both consumed in the state of Ohio. Uh, Florida. Steve is drinking the real slow Irish red by 81 Bay brewing company, which is right here in Tampa. And he said, been a while since I've had a quality red ale. This one is good. Mm. Even think bearded brewer 87 might like it. <laughs> uh, but he gave it three and a half caps, uh, for this beer. I'm going to have to go try that. Yeah. Um, I like a good red ale, Irish yeah. red. Well, that, and we used to hold our, our dog, some of our dog training classes at 81 Bay Brewing Company. Oh. So it's pretty close by. Uh, Chad Lamasa is drinking a ginger beard man by Supreme <laughs> Core Cider. Simple as uh, notes can be, just writes gingery. There you go. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, three and a half caps. Are you a big fan of ginger in your beer? I do. I like ginger in my, I like my, I like ginger in everything. Beer, yeah, ice cream cookies mm-hmm. my liquor i just mm-hmm. i love ginger and I, we eat a lot of ginger at home oh you guys are moscow mule fans right oh yeah the moscow yeah. mule and uh yeah and i and we you know we buy fresh ginger and i have a ginger grater that's mm-hmm. like a like a like a diamond uh pad thing mm-hmm. that you just kind of rub the ginger and it, it gets the ginger out without the the uh venous strands or whatever oh, that stuff yeah, is yeah, and, the fiber in there oh yeah it works really well and we've literally quadruple anytime a recipe calls for ginger i, I swear <laughs> we quadruple the amount because sarah and i both love ginger well that's one of those uh one of those roots spices herbs that you can actually throw in the freezer oh really yeah so you can uh so what we've always done with it is uh, i have uh it's a a grater called a microplane mm-hmm which you can use for like zesting fruits or gra- uh, grating ginger or like grating nut whole nutmeg. Yeah. Um, and we'll take the fingers of ginger and you just put them in a Ziploc baggie and you can throw them right in the freezer. And oh. that way it doesn't go bad or anything like that. And you can just grate it fresh out of the freezer and it still tastes just as good. Okay. I'll, you know what? I will 
I don't know how much ginger that actually goes bad, but uh, if I'll talk to Sarah and if we have a need for that, we'll definitely start freezing it because that's a good idea. Yeah, we we don't. I mean, we use it eh, fairly often, maybe once a month in oh, that, food. That's not fairly often. Listen, we use listen, it. We use listen, it at least Danny. once or twice a week, that's, and that's fine. <laughs> you guys use it once or twice a week. And I hope you're not throwing any ginger away. I know I'm not throwing any away. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> um, let's see. Moving on to the next one. Some of these I just don't want to read. All right. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Whedon again is drinking the Bourbon County Brand Stout 2019, which clocks in at 15.2%. I swear those are getting bigger and bigger yeah, every year. That is way too big. Um, he is drinking that at the on tap grill and bar in Cuyahoga falls. I used to like that restaurant. Uh, it writes pretty malt forward notes of coffee and chocolate bourbon on the back end, but balanced four and a half caps. Um, yeah, I think those are getting bigger, but I've got a bottle of that in my fridge. The same, the same one. Yeah. Oh, probably won't drink it for a while. Yeah. But, uh, and then the gnarly gnome is drinking a tray. T-R-E-Y by Fret Board Brewing Company. And he's drinking out of that at the Gnarly Gnome Tavern, and he actually wrote some notes on this beer. No way. Get I out know. of here. I know. So he writes, nice amber ale. Always forgot. Always forget how solid this beer is. Solid, bready body. Goes down really easy. Fantastic. Oh. Nice. Oh, but he still didn't rate it, though. He didn't. Yeah. But so, hey, it's nice that he wrote something about it. Yeah, you got got some notes in there. Um, on to the next one. What is next? Tara Carlson drinking a Vienna Lager by Devil's Backbone Brewing Company. And she wrote, must have bought this for my father. Too sweet, <laughs> but not bad for an after a hard day at work and no supper beer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Tara, Tara, why didn't you just help Jim drink his beer? That would have that would have been more sustenance than the uh, the Vienna Lager. She wrote she gave it three and a quarter caps uh, on that one. I had a check in that I forgot to do a couple days ago. It was on the the Voodoo Ranger American Haze from uh, New Belgium Brewing Company. No notes from me, but three and a half caps on the rating. So it's pretty average. Yeah, I mean. They the the Voodoo Ranger stuff. I remember when those first came out. Uh, you were over the moon about yeah, those things, yeah, yeah, and but... I. I agree with you because there were like three of them at the time yeah. and they were, they were very good. Um, but I think they're trying to make too many variants of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I I've been disappointed and I, that's why I haven't picked up the newer ones because mm-hmm. I was, I, I got, I was really let down by like two last two ones I had after that. And I'm like, okay, this is, you know, it's just not working. It, it was good. They They got lucky with the first three and then, uh, <laughs> and then after that, they just kind of were, were throwing out, like not very good beers, but uh, you know, I I don't know if it, if it's a decent uh, haze, I it, I might try it. I like a good hazy IPA or here and there. Yeah, yeah. All right, <clears throat> second from last, Florida Steve is drinking a Life in the Clouds by Collective Arts Brewing, and he writes citrus and tropical fruit bomb of a beer. Mm. So good. Collective Arts really knows what they're doing. Uh, he gave that one four and a half caps on that beer. And last but not least, John C. is going to be uh, closing us out today. And I'm drinking this one, or I'm drinking this one. I'm reading this one because it's a style that uh, we... Nobody likes. 
well, we talked about. <laughs> and I accidentally hit the uh, hit the uh, talk to text on my phone <laughs> as I was typing to my friend Trey. Hey, good job on this beer. It's pretty delicious. Anyway, back to the uh, John C. and our last check-in of the evening. Uh, he's drinking a Juicy Brute by Shorts Brewing Company. And uh, I believe this Juicy Brute is a, go internet, go, a Brute IPA. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And he wrote, not much, dry and blah, blah paper. paper. <laughs> <laughs> so three caps on that beer. And just for the fun of it, let's hit refresh. And, oh, John C. again, I like this beer. He's drinking Nelson by Alpine Beer Company which he gave four caps to. I really like Alpine Beer yeah, Company stuff. Yeah. And now, last but not least, Craft Beer Joe is drinking a Sunny Cat by Second Shift Brewing, and he writes, the tangerine peel takes this one to the next level. Citrus zest is the dominating flavor with Boom. four and a quarter caps. Nice. nice. That was from three minutes ago. I don't. I can't get much much more recent than that. That's how you did it. Yeah, I can actually. Oh. Craft Beer Joe drinking an achy jakey heart by Second Shift Brewing soft with some bitter tropical Okay, come on. Note. You can't drink and be drinking two beers at one time. Four and a quarter caps. <laughs> okay. Don't do done. it again. Don't do it again. He's going to have another one in there. Nope, nope. It says seconds. seconds ago. I'm done. That's what everybody's <laughs> drinking, Danny. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, it's time to talk about our new and noteworthy beers. And I already mentioned that I didn't drink much. I do have a couple beers I'm going to talk about, but Chris, you literally have nothing you drank that was worth talking about. Nope. Wow. That is, that is very, now, now you drank beer though, right? I did drink beer and it was either beers that I've had before mm -hmm. or it was beers that I drank and it was just like, nah. uh, I mean, we had a couple of beers while we were at Disney recently, but it wasn't anything, uh, Anything really to write home about? Uh, I'll tell you. I'll I'll let you figure out how how good these beers were. Both of them that I had were from Terrapin Brewing Company, <laughs> and they okay. were both they were both brewed for um, the Pandora area in Animal Kingdom. So slightly commercialized, but still trying to be craft beer. Is the Pandora area um, that that uh, movie that? Uh... Avatar. Avatar, yeah. So it's, yeah. they're made for that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, the area was pretty neat, though. I mean, there were, you know, the, uh, I, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. So, yeah. It was, um, it was a really cool area. And, you know, as, as far as everything that Disney does, I mean, they, they go above and beyond. Mm -hmm. So it was cool. You could, you could see, you know, different movie related, like robots and things like that in the, in the area or, um, you know the see i don't even know what the creatures are called anymore Jeez. i have no idea my son watched that movie like five times in the theater and i watched it once in a theater and never again let us know where we're screwing up here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that there, there was really really nothing in there that i felt needed to be uh noteworthy what, what was that green beer that uh, david makazuki was uh Give me a bad time about. Um, I don't remember what that okay. one was called, but it, I mean, it was a, it was a really hoppy. Just I think it was called a country ale or something like that. A green um, a green country ale. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
was it that one? No, it was called Hawks Grog Ale uh, by Terrapin Beer Company. Oh, okay, another Terrapin. Right. Oh, and it's funny. I didn't even realize it. Uh, Johan Halberg said, what's up with the color? The description <laughs> says golden. And I was like, I, I really don't know. I, I'm here... <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm just I'm here. And it was an, it was an beer. old beer. It got a little mildewy. A little yeah, beer. we had we had that one. We had another one called Moara High Country Ale. That's where the High Country one was. Okay, um, which was more of like a red or an amber ale. And then I did have um, a Pilsner. I I don't even want to try to pronounce this one, but it's it's A A S S. B R Y G G E R I. I'm not going to try either. Abysmal. Yeah. yeah. Abys- as as Bridgery. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's bad. If you can't pronounce the name, then nobody's going to want to drink it. Well, it was we were in the the Norway section of Epcot. We were in the the Akershus Royal Banquet Hall having dinner. Um, so I was like, well, let's get. I guess local beer in the Norway area. So okay. it was good to have with dinner. All right. All right. See, so I, I forced you to talk about beer, even though you had nothing to talk about. You so. basically made me just BS <laughs> my way through the new and noteworthy section. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I, I have a couple that I'll talk about very briefly. Uh, and, and I'm kind of pulling from just a few that, uh, that stood out. So I have two beers. The first one is going to be the highest rated beer that I'll talk about. Uh, it's from a brewery that just entered into our area. I don't know if they're doing a test sample. They're from Tennessee. And the brewery is called Blackberry Farm Brewery. I never even heard of these guys before, but I guess they do a lot of farm house ale, Belgian-style ales, and they, are, they all came in cans. So I picked up three cans. I drank two of the cans, and both of them I enjoyed. This one I enjoyed uh, the most, so I thought I figured I'd talk about this one. I gave this. It's a. It's a. It's called Classic. Is the name of the beer. And it's a. It's a saison, just a classic saison, and I gave it four and a quarter rating. And uh, this beer had. Uh, I, it's hard to explain because it it had a a decent uh, Belgian saison yeast character to it. You know, you had those uh, the background uh, cloviness and. Uh, you know, mostly like like cloviness, uh, but it also added herbal notes in there, and it was kind of hoppy too. It had a little hop flavor. I I think so. You had a combination of herbal and a little bit of citrus hop in there, and it really was refreshing. And a very I liked the flavor a lot, but it wasn't too bold or too strong. It was just enough to make you know that this is a saison. But it's not going to like torture you that this is a saison, you know. Mm. So I, I thought they did a really good job on that one. Uh, so that's the first one, classic saison from Blackberry Farm in Tennessee. And the second one is a beer. Now I didn't give this beer a great rating, but it's noteworthy because it is their 40th anniversary beer, and this is from Sierra Nevada, and they released the, the beer called 40th Hoppy Anniversary L. And I saw before I I, I picked this up. And before I had a chance to drink it, I noticed a lot of the people on Untapped were not really digging this beer. Now, it's an IPA, American IPA, and uh, people with their, you know, with Sierra Nevada, they expect their IPA, American IPAs to be West Coast, uh, you know, in-your-face, piney, citrus, hop, uh, you know, flavors. And I think it threw them off 
you know, off uh, balance in the fact that it wasn't in your face, but it did have some really nice hop character to it. And it had a variety of hop character in it. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the variety of hops. It had piney hops. It had citrus hops, but it didn't have bold piney hops or bold citrus hops. It also, I think, threw in a little bit of uh, of uh, earthy uh, character in there, too. Now, again, I'm not a huge fan of earthy hops, but when blended with the piney and the citrus and the earthy flavors, I thought it kind of rolled from one to the next really nicely. So as I was, you know, drank the beer, I, I didn't have that in-your-face punch, hop punch, if, you know, to the jaw. I had a nice subtle piney character in the background. And then as the flavors, you know, moved along in my mouth, it kind of went to, I kind of felt the citrus. And at the end, at the finish, I, I, I could tell that, you know what, there are some earthy notes in this beer, some grassiness and some, uh, you know, some, I don't know, I don't want to say dirt, but, you know, some earthy, grassy type character. And I don't know. I enjoyed it. I gave this beer a three and a half cap rating. Not stellar, but not bad either. I think some people were giving this beer like two cap rating. I'm like, it's not a two cap beer, you know, beer. It's way better than a two cap beer. But I just want people to know that even though you see that this beer might not be rated very highly, it is their 40th anniversary beer. It's only going to be brewed this one time. And you should go give it a shot. I buy one can and I, you know, you might enjoy it. You know, just don't put too much hype into it and i think you'll enjoy it and those are my noteworthy beers okay chris guess what time it is it's time to listen to our voicemails and we have three voicemails to listen to tonight are you ready to listen i am ready to listen okay so the first one is from uh listener robbie sanders he goes by mud shanker on the twitters uh, so let's hear what Robbie has to say. Hey, Colin. Robbie Sanders, Mike Tranker on Twitter. I'm literally standing in with the wheelbarrow here and a wood pile getting some wood because we've got a cold spell here. And I was listening to the podcast. And I kept forgetting to call because I'm going to get in on some B cup action. So here I am. And um, I got a Hopwork Orange. From Blue Mountain Brewery waiting for me inside, so I'm not going to waste any time. Love the podcast. Can't wait to uh, when you guys drop it and I see it in my uh, queue. So thanks for the effort. Enjoy it. And give me some B cups. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Robbie. Uh, yeah. Thank you for, uh, for taking the time while you're cutting wood. I mean, hey, it's nice that he's out there chopping wood, trying to warm his family up. During this, uh, you know, winter time, listening to our show, uh, getting thirsty, uh, anticipating getting back in there and drinking some good quality craft beer, uh, but he took the time to stop his woodcutting just to call in, leave a voicemail. That's dedication. I appreciate that, Robbie. Thank you very much. All right, the next voicemail we have comes from our buddy Jason Lacey. He is the leader of the Flux Deposed podcast. If you are a listener, uh, and he went ahead and. Uh, send us a voicemail. So let's listen to that. Hey, Chris, Denny, it's Jason Lacey. How you guys doing? I guess I can say hi to John, too. I mean, he, he's too big-time brewer now to, <laughs> to show up for the little podcast. It was probably pretty integral for him to make the move to the big brew. I just hope uh, you guys are doing well. It is Friday. I am leaving work. I'm on my way home. It's been hellacious. I'm excited for the weekend. I went to the beer store on my lunch break, 
I got some great stouts for the weekend. I saw that PBR has a coffee beer now, oh, no. and I'm very intrigued and terrified yes. at the same time. And my new favorite hobby is now on my lunch break. I'm just get a little taster. They got a bar at this, at this one grocery store. Get a little taster. Really picks you up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't really have anything else like important to say. I just want to say hi, and uh, I'm still listening to the show. And keep up the great content. We'll see you next time. Well, Jason brought up some some interesting things, and um, you know, a lot of grocery stores and beer stores now have growlers fill stations. And I guess I never thought about the fact of just going and uh, tasting uh, what they have to offer. The problem is, is that if I go and taste it, the you know I expect that I should probably you know fill a growler up. And uh, I guess I'm just you know my conscience isn't just can't uh, can't tell me to go and try some beers and then not uh, fill a growler. Yeah, you've got that growler guild. I know. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but. But hey, you know what? A little lunchtime pick-me-up sips? That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what is one sip going to do? It's not going to get you wasted. You should be able to have a couple sips and then uh, move on and, and get you anticipated for that uh, after-hours, after-work uh, fun drinking time for sure. I don't know. It, it could either do that or it could make the remainder of your Friday just drag well, on. no. What it what it what it would do is it would say, okay, I need to leave work early today. Oh. <laughs> I might just leave at lunchtime at that point. <laughs> I might fill that growler up and just go home and drink it. That, that could be yeah. it. So life decisions, Jason. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but uh, also, yeah, PBR coffee. That that thing is a hot mess. We talked about it a little bit on last episode or the episode before last. I can't remember. We talked mm-hmm. about this. Uh, this ridiculous, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't see a, a big market for, uh, you know, coffee, beer, uh, you know, caffeine-infused beer that, I don't know, just seems like too much for me. Uh, I, I drink beer to relax, not to get all hyped up and amped. It kind of sounds like a classy version of Four loco. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's the uh, 2020 version of... Uh, uh, for loco for sure there <laughs> but uh, thank you jason again for taking time out to uh to leave a voicemail we really appreciate it i i still listen to flex polls every week i am a big fan i need to i need to reciprocate and, and uh, leave you guys some feedback too so i'll do that and uh, of course you're entered in for the b cup you didn't mention that you want to be entered but hey you're entered into the contest so lucky you maybe you'll be the lucky winner okay we have one last voicemail. Uh, this one comes from our buddy Jeff Seiler, and uh, this is a special one. I, uh, I'll tell you what. When I listened to this on Saturday, when he first uh, – he left on Saturday, uh, I was – again, I, I mentioned I was not feeling the best, uh, but this made me, uh, made me feel good. I got a big smile on my face, and, uh, and I really enjoy it. So he listened to, to Jeff's special voicemail. Hey, Denny and Chris, this is Jeff Seiler from Western North Carolina, right near Asheville. I'm leaving this voicemail to get into the running for your B-Cup drawing. So just want to let you guys know I think Tap the Craft is fantastic, and I really look forward to listening to you guys every couple of weeks. Now, just for fun, I want to review your podcast just like I'd review a beer on Untapped, okay? <laughs> so here goes. Mm-hmm. Tap the Craft is a fantastic podcast. Very well balanced, with the perfect amount of information, humor, and conversation. Danny and Chris give just the right amount of time with each topic, and don't just hop around from one story to the next, so the show is definitely not too hoppy. (laughs) 
with Denny in Idaho and Chris in Florida. One could say the flavor of the podcast is both piney and tropical. <laughs> nice. Both the, both the hosts seem to be very nice, and dare I say they are sweet, but not overly sweet <laughs> and never too cloying. <laughs> I'd like to say Tap the Craft is a great IPA podcast. Informative, passionate, and adventurous. <laughs> so overall, Denny and Chris make Tap the Craft very smooth and easy to drink in. Okay. I rate this podcast five caps. So there you go, guys. Tap the Craft is a five capper. Appreciate what you guys do. Great podcast. Keep up the good work. And cheers. Well, cheers back to you, Jeff. And thank you very much for this very creative and uh, really nice voicemail. I appreciate the kind words. And uh, I really appreciate the time he spent to write the review uh, in, in an untapped beer review type manner. It made me really uh, smile and laugh out loud and, uh, mm -hmm. and share with my wife who also uh, enjoyed it too. So thank you very much uh, for, for that. I, I want to find a way of uh, posting up to our Facebook page just as a, you know, as a, as a click. Can we do that, Chris? Is it possible to do uh, audio uh, thing on, on our Facebook yeah. page? I'm sure we can find a way. Okay. Um, actually, I can, I can do that and create a little video with it. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. So Thanks, if you Scott. can find a way to share that to me or text it to me or some way, we'll uh, we'll get it up there. All right, all right, okay. So, Chris, uh, now is the time for us to take our six entries, put them into the uh, the name. What what was that thing called? The name? It was the the random name picker. <laughs> random name picker, uh, yeah. and you know, spin spin that wheel around and, and find out who our lucky winner of our B Cups contest. Now, let me just give a reminder of all the people who are being entered into this contest. So uh, Tom Byrne is number is the first first one entered. Uh, Jim Kudzall is the second. Tara Carlson is the third. Robbie Sanders, number four. Jason Lacey, number five. And Jeff Seiler coming in number six. So that's the, uh, the six people that are being entered. So Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, take control, spin the wheel, and uh, find out who our winner is. All right, so the winner is Ding. <laughs> Tom Byrne. Oh, Tom Byrne, right here in the Boise area. Well, congratulations, Tom. Uh, just send us your uh, mailing information and your email. At just say, Well, email us. Please email us your mailing information on where you like these B-Cups sent, and we will get this off to our awesome sponsors, B cups for minute reality, and they will get you those B cups right away. Uh, and I have to admit, I am—I think so far my favorite sponsor of the show is is B cups because they have been very, very responsive uh, to all of our uh, requests for for contest entries. I, I mean, it's been really nice. So I I just yeah. want to raise my glass right now to for minute reality and our sponsor B cups for uh, for providing us four four sets of B cups to our listeners. Um, that's very, very kind of them. Yeah, we definitely appreciate that. I was actually talking to Joel, uh, from B cups the other day, just back and forth on, uh, on Facebook. And he, he's a really cool dude. He's, his, uh, beer store is, I don't know, 15 minutes from my house. <laughs> so it's, it's funny. I've, I've talked to him many, many times, whether it be via email, via Facebook, um, I've never met the dude in person. Oh, 
Oh, wow. You should make that happen if it's only 15 minutes away. It, and it is. It's one of those things. Uh, so <clears throat> so he has the um, B cups and then he has the fermented reality bottle shop, which like that's the place that's 10 or 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And then he has the fermented reality beer garden, which is in downtown Tampa. Mm. And every time I go and check in on social media at the beer garden, he's like, Oh, I just missed you. I left oh. five minutes before you got there. <laughs> oh, I just left the bottle shop an hour ago or, and it's like, damn it, man, I just want to sit down and have a beer with you. <laughs> you know what? You just got to show up at opening and stay until closing and you'll run into him. And I don't, yeah, I don't think it'll work out that way. <laughs> I think I'm just going to have to be uh, Hey, let's go grab a beer. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you plan ahead. That'd be good. That'd be good. Yeah. All right. So uh, again, thank you to all of, all six of our listeners that that uh, sent the voicemails. Uh, voicemails, I think, are my favorite. Um, you know, listener feedback that we get. I love thank hearing you. uh, your comments, questions, and and stuff with your own voices. It really puts an an extra little bit of a a spin on, on on getting this feedback. Now, I do enjoy feedback in all different ways, but I think my favorite is still the voicemail because I like to hear that, that hear voices. And and today we heard two listeners we hadn't heard from before with in both Jeff and Robbie. So it's nice to get their voices on the air. Yeah. And also, too, uh, there has been talks in my household about making another trip to Asheville, Jeff. So, oh, there you go. Um, if that does happen, I will definitely reach out to you so we can at least have a beer together. Of course. That'd be great. We love we love having beers with our listeners, too. So. All right. Well, um, we don't have any uh, other questions or, or comments from our, our listener base. Uh, but if you would like to send your comments and questions and share with us on the show, you can do that easily through email. Just send it to tapthecraft at gmail.com or you can post it on Twitter uh, just post it to our Twitter handle at tap to craft. And of course we have a Facebook page that Chris takes care of. Uh, we can always be reached there at facebook.com slash tap the craft. And as we already heard, don't forget, we do have that voicemail number. You can call anytime 208-536-3359 or 208-53-oddly to leave your voicemail and get your voice heard on the air. And we'd like to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and providing the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that Chris and I are putting out, we know you're going to find some other great content from the following shows. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Open Forum Radio Network over at openformradio.com. We have such podcasts such as Open Forum Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Attainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey, thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today, and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right, now it's time for the Brew Buzz, and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics, and this week we are going to discuss an article on how craft beer is breaking in to the stadium and arena of different sports teams, and uh, we're also going to take a peek into the craft beer growth of 2019. So the first article uh, is uh, it's called, Although Big Beer Still Dominates Sports Sponsorships, Craft brewers are getting in on the action. And this was posted on brewbound.com, written by Jessica Infante. And again, you can find this article on our Facebook page. And if you don't visit our Facebook page because you don't have Facebook, no problems. 
You can find it on our show notes uh, on showpostopenformio.com. All right, so I'm going to start it off, and then Chris, I'll let you take on some, and we can talk about whatever we want to talk about as we go through this this article. So um, it starts off, uh, and I just, again, I took snippets from this article. This article was really long, and I didn't want to cover the entire thing. I just kind of took out the interesting points that I thought uh, might be interesting to our listeners, uh, some points about Big Beer that's in the, the, you know, we all know that Big Beer is the, has a monopoly on these sports sponsorships, but um, it's also curious to f- see what craft beer has been able to break in and take over a little chunk of some of these sponsorships and how they're doing it and and where this might lead here in the future. So it's kind of exciting news uh, for craft beer. So for decades, professional sports sponsorships were the domain of the biggest beer companies. And in 2020, that's mostly still the case. However, craft brewers have been making inroads. anheuser Bush InBev remains the king of sports sponsorships as the official beer sponsor of the four major pro sports leagues, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and the MLB. So we know that uh, this weekend is going to be Super Bowl, uh, what is that, 44 or is it 54? Look, do you know how I knew it was the Super Bowl this weekend? How? You just told me. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it's Super Bowl L4. <laughs> Whatever L is. is L, I don't so know. L is L. 50. It's 50? Okay, 54. Yeah. Okay, so Super Bowl 54. Um, it, Super Bowl 54 marks AB, AB's 40th year as an official sponsor of the big game. In that time, AB has created 125 ads, which amounts for 10% of all Super Bowl ads, according to the company. That's pretty interesting that, uh, you know, I, I knew that, that uh, Budweiser was involved in Super Bowl for a lot of times, but I had no idea that they were the, the main sponsor of it for 40 years. That's pretty impressive. That's, a, that's quite a long run for yeah. some crappy beer. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this year, AB will run four 60-second commercials for its Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, and Michelob Ultra Pure Gold brands. Oh, my gosh. That's a fancy. <laughs> Those spots come at a premium. Denny, how much, w- without looking, how, how, what do you think those are going to cost you? Oh, you know, I don't know, probably 50 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say 60, but yeah, this year Fox is charging at least $5 million for 30 <laughs> seconds of airtime, with some spots going for $5.6 million, according to the Wall Street Journal. All 77 commercial slots sold out in November. Sheesh. Yeah, 77. There's going to yeah. be 77 commercials you all got to sit through to watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah. You can watch all of those on YouTube the yes. very next day. Yeah, yeah. In one video. Anyway, uh, through, or I'm sorry, though AB has exclusivity rights over nationally televised ads during the big game, Molson Coors Beverage Company will run 30-second spots in local markets during the game for St. Archer Gold. <laughs> it's low-calorie, low-carb challenger to Michelob Ultra. Now, okay, so now St- this is interesting, right? Who? <laughs> yeah. St. Archer was a craft brewery that was picked up by... Coors Molson uh, five or six years ago. And now they're using that brand to, to kind of, you know, shovel off like a, you know, 
a Mick Ultra clone. So what? I mean, what, what the hell? Why is craft beer brands being used to, uh, you know, to keep up with like the super low calorie? I mean, I don't, I don't. It seemed kind of odd that that that's what they're using Saint Archer for is for marketing. I mean, you gotta try beer. something. Give yeah. it a shot. That's one of my favorite sayings. It's like you you don't know until you. There's only one way to find out. Got to gotta give it a shot. All right, AB's exclusivity over the Super Bowl extends beyond televisions. Inside Hard Rock Stadium, AB has exercised exclusivity rights over beer sales during the game. A company spokesperson confirmed to Brewbound. As such, fans at the big game won't be able to buy craft beer brands normally sold at the stadium. That's... That's BS, right? That's a monopoly. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I understand that they paid a lot of money. But now... They didn't say how much they paid to be the exclusive beer, but they had to pay a lot of money to be the ex- exclusive beer sponsorship of the Super Bowl and to remove all other beers from the stadium and only have their stuff is yeah, that's, that's pretty it, crappy. Well, I mean, could you imagine being the distributor for Budweiser, whoever's distributing for for AB stuff, and then the distributor for all the other, you know, craft beer brands going seriously i i can't get my stuff into this stadium which i've been selling to for the last four years yeah 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 that's uh i guess that's that's what uh what the miami dolphins uh that's what i don't know right they're playing in miami yeah so that's i mean they sold out there's you know they sold oh they very much sold out yeah, yeah just to to get the whatever money that they wanted they i don't know it's one i guess it's one game but I, I don't think I'll be going to a Super Bowl if all I can drink is Budweiser. <laughs> nope, I absolutely wouldn't. <laughs> and, Boy, uh, we're boycotting the NFL again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, one last thing to talk about, you know, for the Super Bowl is, um, you know, I've been very disappointed in the Super Bowl game matchups that's happened probably the last 10 years. And I'm actually, this is the first Super Bowl game in a long time that I'm actually excited to watch because i i, I want to see these two teams battle out i think it's going to be i'm hoping it's going to be a really good game and it's going to be you know a nice battle and you know whatever the best team will win so uh, I, i'm actually kind of excited for the super Bowl. i know I, I it sounds like you're not a big football fan so you're not probably going to even watch the super bowl i am not no but uh, I, i'm actually looking forward to it uh, this year first time in a long time i'm looking forward to the game uh, okay, so uh, now let's uh, let's find out how these craft brewers are actually breaking in to the game. So, although AB has dominated Super Bowl Sunday, craft brewers of various sizes have begun striking their own sports partnerships and moving into ballparks, stadiums, and arenas. These partnerships have manifested themselves as designations as teams' official craft beer branded spaces within venues or specialty beers made in collaboration with teams. Among the first craft brewers to cut a deal was Kansas City's Boulevard Brewing Company in 2017, striking one of the first official craft beer deals in the Kansas City or with the Kansas City Royals. In late 2017, the Boston Beer Company announced an eight-year deal to make Samuel Adams the official beer of the Boston Red Sox. 
marking the first time a Brewers Association-defined craft brewer struck a partnership with a major league baseball franchise as its sole beer sponsor. The deal literally changed the landscape of iconic Fenway Park as an outfield Budweiser sign in the right field was replaced by a Sam Adams sign and a roof deck bar with a seating area rechristened the Sam Deck where Boston beer products have near exclusivity over the taps. Within a year of the deal, the Red Sox won the 2018 World Series. Meanwhile, Sam 76 is now the top-selling beer at Fenway Park. That's uh, that's pretty major. It is pretty major, and it's not knocking Samuel Adams, but I'm still surprised that that still falls under the craft beer <laughs> moniker. Yeah, yeah, it's stretch. It's just stretching it out a bit. That, Especially uh... <laughs> now since they've hooked up with Dogfish Head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, I think, uh, yeah, they've gone to being a giant fish in the little pond to a little fish in a very big pond. Yeah. At yeah. least in my eyes. No, I agree. I think it's almost time to, to move them on to the big, big leagues. But on the flip side of it, Sam Calgione was or is one of the, I believe he's still one of the chairmen on the board of, uh, of the Brewers Association. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Cook was either. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. So, I don't know. <laughs> um, last month, DG Yingling and Sons announced a multi-partnership, or a multi-year partnership with the NHL's New Jersey Devils and the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, 125 miles east of the company's headquarters in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. The deal grants Yingling a 13,000 square foot. Damn, that's, that's big. A, that's a big. That's a big 13,000 <laughs> square foot branded bar and dining space inside the arena. A first for the craft brewer. Yingling also has signage throughout the arena and rights to use the team's logo in its marketing efforts. Well, if you're using the New Jersey Devils, you're not doing much. <laughs> um, <laughs> hockey, though. Hockey something I do follow. <laughs> Yingling also made a multi-year deal in September to become the official domestic beer of the University of Central Florida Knights. Hey, right well, in your neighborhood. Yeah, well, you, uh, USF, yeah, USF, the Bulls. Go yeah. Bulls. Um, or I'm sorry, UCF is the Knights, but um, the deal came a year after Yingling acquired the naming rights to the former Sundome at the University of South Florida. So University of South Florida here in Tampa, um, which is, I mean, literally five minutes down the road from Yingling's brewery here in Tampa. Oh, Yingling has a brewery in Tampa? We do, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's... Um, it's a very large brewery. Ah, okay. So it makes sense then why they're in Florida. I was, mm-hmm. I, I was trying to figure out why are they in Florida. I can understand the New York, but Florida seemed ah. But now you tell me there's a brewery there. Now I understand. Yeah, it's probably I don't know twenty minutes from downtown Tampa. Okay. So they do plenty of tours there if you want to go for a trip. (laughs) Covington, Kentucky-based Braxton Brewing Company has also been a prolific sponsor of sports, especially in Ohio and Indiana. Braxton's Vive, Braxton's Viv, Vive, I'm going to go with Vive. Vive Hard Seltzer is the official hard seltzer of the NFL's Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, go Bengals. (laughs) The NHL's Columbus Blue Jackets. 
And the NBA's Indiana Pacers and MLS's FC Cincinnati. For the Bengals, Blue Jackets, and Pacers partnerships, Vive has created special variety packs for each team's local market with team logos on the outer cartons. Wow. That's, wah, uh, that's, that's interesting. So I, is Braxton Brewing that big? I, I always thought Braxton was a smaller brewery, but is it a bigger regional brewery? Uh, apparently it must be because, uh, <clears throat> I mean, they're they're partnering up with larger organizations. Yeah. I mean, for them to be able to supply all these sports franchises with with hard seltzer of all things. I mean, I, that just blows my mind that that's what they're, they're focused on. I mean, why, why call yourself a brewing? I mean, I guess brewing hard seltzer is brewing, but I don't know. It's kind of, uh, all the seltzer manufacturing is really, I'm really, I didn't care at beginning because I thought, yeah, it's not going to last, but now I'm getting frustrated when I hear about all these craft brewers brewing hard seltzer, which, I don't know. I, I don't know. Have you had any yet? No, I'm not going to have it. I'm, Come on. I'm not going to have it. You can't talk smack about it unless uh, you try it. I, you know what? I, I've already spoken my piece last Wait, week. I, <laughs> last week? I mean, last uh, show. I was going to say, we didn't do an episode last week. <laughs> I'm not going to talk anymore about that. Okay. I, I just, I am blown away that it's, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm hoping it dies quickly because I'd rather than bring back Black IPA, Cascading and Dark Ale, and get rid of Seltzer, because I'd be much happier. Yeah, you know, I told you, you know how you're, you, just Do like the own, way you're going to get Baltic, Baltic Porter, yeah. the same way you're going to get the Black IPA, is just go spend 100 bucks, buy your kit, and start brewing your own damn beer. Okay. All right. <laughs> It'll give you something to do while you're recovering from your appendicitis. Yeah, yeah. Although I can't lift anything more than 10 pounds for like six weeks. But uh, that's okay. All right. In Miami, Craft Brew Alliance-owned Winwood Brewing struck a deal in December to become the official craft beer of the Miami Heat, which netted the brewery four branded beer carts and other package placements at the American Airlines Arena. Winwood's partnership with the Heat came several weeks after AB, Inbev, or AB reached a deal to inquire CBA. AB broad sports sponsorships allow other brands in the Brewers Collective, the company's craft beer division, to collaborate with local teams. In Texas, AB-owned Carbach Brewing brewed Crawford Bach for the MLB's Houston Astros and donated a po portion of the sales to the Astros Foundation. Seattle-based Elysian Brewing brews The Noise, a pale ale, for the NFL Seattle Seahawks. Some AB craft labels transcend markets. Chicago-based Goose Island released Fly PA, a hazy IPA available <laughs> at Lincoln Financial Field, home of the NFL's Philadelphia Eagles. So the brewery that's in Bears territory is brewing beer for the Eagles. Yeah, that's weird, huh? <laughs> hey, look, you the check clears. I'm good for yeah, it. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, small brewers are also making inroads with sports deals in Florida. Uh-oh. Uh, Biscayne Bay Brewing Company, based in Doral, Florida, plans to open Biscayne Bay Brew Hall this spring inside Marlins Park, home of the, M the Major League Baseball's Miami Marlins. Canarchy owned 
Oh, I knew about this one. Canarchy owns Cigar City Brewing became the official craft beer partner partner of the NHL's Tampa Bay Lightning at the start of the 2019-2020 season and opened a new tap room adjacent to Amelie Arena. You been there? That one I no, I haven't. Well, I've been to Amelie Arena, but I've uh, I haven't been to the new tap room. And I'll be honest, I don't know if I would push to go there. Are you not a fan of Cigar City anymore? Cigar City is good, but there's a lot better stuff around yeah, the area. Yeah, but but I mean, when you go to, are you still going to Lightning games? Uh, I haven't gone to any this year, but I'm sure it'll happen. Okay, so year. you so you haven't uh, experienced uh, being able to buy Cigar City beers while at a Lightning game, or did they have them there before? No, they were there before. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of my go-to uh, if I am at if I'm at a Lightning game. Um, I'm grabbing, I hate to say this, I'm either grabbing Yingling yeah, uh, in a pinch yeah. or I'm going to grab High Lai. Okay. Yeah. No, you, you, I actually like Yingling. I know that, I don't know. I, I like that beer. I don't, I, Me too. I think I like it because I can't get it. And when I go on the East coast and I can get it, I get it and I enjoy it. Mm. I mean, maybe I've changed my mind if I drink it every day. But I actually like Yingling, and uh, I think if it was available in my area, I would definitely, you know, be picking up some uh, six packs here and there just to, as a, uh, you know, a daily drinker. Well, it's funny that you say that because it used to be when Megan and I lived in Ohio, uh, we weren't able to get Yingling, and it was highly sought after. That was my first whale, Denny. <laughs> no way. Yingling was your whale. Hey, Yingling was my first whale. We had to drive to Pittsburgh, which is about an hour and a half from where uh, we were, yeah, yeah, to yeah. go to one of the beer distributors, which you had to buy at a case at a time. And we literally bought. Uh, we we told people, "Hey, we're going over to Pittsburgh to grab some Yingling. Spend a weekend there. Does anybody want any?" I came back from Pittsburgh with about seven cases of Yingling in the back of my Jeep once. Oh, so you're saying you're a bootlegger? <laughs> Exactly. I fully admit to bringing Yingling over state lines from P uh, from Pennsylvania uh, to Ohio, in uh, approximately 2006. So okay, well, the statute of limitations is probably far, far, far I'm, gone. I'm sure you could use the excuses. I, I asked for six, and they gave me six cases. I don't know what's wrong with these Pennsylvania guys. <laughs> they can't count. Damn Steelers fans! They don't know what they're talking about. All right. Well, you know what? I, I really enjoyed this article because um, not that I get a chance to – we don't have any big major league sports here in the Boise area. And, uh, you know, so I don't go to a lot of big sporting things. But one day maybe I will. And when I do go, I want the opportunity to buy something besides, you know, whatever the big swill is at, at Big Beer Swill. and And – I still have bad, bad memories of going to the old kingdom in Seattle. And the only beer I could buy in the kingdom was Rainier. And I hate Rainier beer. Mm. I mean, that beer is just nasty. And I would literally buy one beer and it would last me the whole time I was there. And I would be cussing and pissed off the whole time because (laughs) it was just really bad. And at that time in my life, I was not drinking craft beer all the time because, for one thing, craft beer wasn't available, but at certain areas, uh, and I, you know, and I was a a, a serviceman. I, I couldn't afford drinking expensive beer all the time, so I was drinking, you know, Budweiser and, and uh, Miller, 
uh, Miller and, and different things. I was drinking big beer at that time because that's what was available. Uh, and even that, with drinking big beer normally, Rainier was like drinking like piss, not, not piss, <laughs> but like, you know, toilet water or old, something. Oh, bubbly just, piss. Yeah. It just yeah. was horrible. So I have, I'm, I'm glad that, that you can go now to the new stadiums in Seattle and get local craft beer. Now, although I say local, it's now Elysian's, you know, no longer owned locally, but still good craft beer that has flavor and you have some choices. Uh, it, it's nice to have that. So I welcome this type of behavior and I hope we can see more of this in the, the areas that have big stadiums and that craft beer can, you know, can have a presence. Speaking of local craft beer, can I want to take us off on a tangent a sure. little bit? Yeah. Did, I don't know if you've used Facebook at all in the last 24 hours, but it, I don't know if you saw the post I put up about um, the restaurant where I ate lunch yesterday. No. And, and their beer selection. No. What so, was their selection? Uh, <laughs> so they said, I said, well, what do you guys have on tap? And the lady said to me, she was got well, well dom-, she goes, do you want domestic or import? And I was like, I, I don't know. What, what do you got? And she goes, well, <laughs> domestic, we've got Bud, Bud Light, Coors Light, and like Miller Light. And I was like, okay, uh, what else do you have? She goes, so on uh, from the import side, we've got Cigar City, High Lie, um, Funky Buddha, Last, Last Snow. Is that right? So she wasn't even very sure about what that was. Um, there was a beer from Coppertail, which is also in Tampa. And um, she listed off about six beers. The only two that were imports were Stella and... Um, uh, like a grapefruit shandy. I don't remember what it was, oh, but it oh, was from uh, Stieg- Stiegel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other, the other handful were all like either from Florida or uh, Sierra Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. It's <laughs> <was> like really. <laughs> wow, she's out of touch. <clears throat> well, I don't know. I almost called her out on it, but I was like, Nah, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's that's not uh, un. That was more common, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, Even, I'd even say 10 years ago, that was more common where they would put uh, expensive local beers in the import side because that's where, I mean, that's that's where they had to list it, right? They didn't have a local beer uh, section. Now, now you you go and open a menu, most of the time you'll see domestic, local, import mm-hmm. right you'll see a variety of things so people can go to the you know what what it really is what a real import is is coming from outside the country um so yeah it's uh i mean i i remember seeing that same behavior years ago but it's i'm just surprised to see it now i mean this is the this is 2020 come on craft beer is everywhere yeah no kidding okay but yeah it just, it just made me laugh yeah yeah <laughs> And and you were a nice guy and didn't call her out on it. So no, I didn't. I didn't want to be a dick about it. Yeah. All right, let's go to our our second article. And uh, this article is called. Or it's, it's it's an article, but it's not really that much of it. It's more of an info infogram or info thing. Yeah, infogram. Uh, but I took some notes out of it. Uh, it's highlights of the craft beer in 2019. It's from the craftbeer.com site, written by Jess Baker. And this was written at the end of December. Uh, they they don't tally up all the real stats until uh, end of January, beginning of Fe- you know somewhere end of January, beginning of February. We'll start to see the real stats, but these are just a snapshot of what they are. They believe the numbers will be. 
So I'll start this off. And I'm looking at the growth admits growth admit. Oh my gosh, I haven't even been drinking. I had I've had one beer, but I'm already uh, having trouble talking. But growth at amidst competition. So that's what this little section is uh, is covering. So the craft beer industry is increasingly more competitive. As of late 2019, the Brewers Association says the number of breweries operating in the U.S. has surged to a new milestone high, surpassing 8,000. Once the organization finalizes its data in early 2020, it'll release the actual number, but the Brewers Association says it's certain the number is above 8,000. The competitive market led to more closures, too. The Brewers Association estimates 300 breweries closed in 2019. Even as the market becomes more competitive, craft brewers continue to collectively produce more beer. The Brewers Association won't finalize this data again until early 2020, but the group estimates craft brewers increased production volume 4% over last year. All right. So craft breweries were responsible for more than 550,000 full-time equivalent jobs. That's an 11% increase from 2017 with 150,000 of those jobs directly at breweries and brew pubs. Craft brewers contributed $79.1 billion to the U.S. economy in 2018, which was a 4% increase from 2017. But since the Brewers Association released the independent craft brewer seal in June of 2017, more than 4,700 brewing companies have adopted it. Fun fact, Delaware has officially become the first state to have full adoption. All 21 breweries in the state have signed on. <laughs> 21. There's, we have more breweries in Boise than they have in the right? whole state. <laughs> but Delaware's so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's just a little snapshot. Again, uh, some of the numbers are are you know not out you know, official, but they're kind of you know calling out what they saw last the year before, uh, and they predict that the numbers will be similar this year uh, to what they had seen in 2018. So, or 2019 will be similar to what they saw in 2018, but we won't know for sure until uh, they release that, and we'll talk about that when they release it to find out the real the real numbers. But hey, we're still doing we're still doing well. Uh, you know, I, I, I wonder what, what 2020 is going to, going to have for us. Right. Um, I think we increased about a thousand breweries last year, uh, maybe a little bit more than a thousand. Uh, is that number going to slow down in 2020? Are we going to only see a 500 increase or are we going to see a 1500 to 2000 increase? You know, maybe we'll hit the 10,000 mark. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that uh, if they're going to keep increasing, um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be tougher. I think it's going to be tougher. I think mm -hmm. I, I I think that uh, you have to be really smart in uh, what you want to, you know, how you want to open your brewery in this day and age. And uh, you know, I think the the key is in small towns. Might be, you know, small towns where they get traffic through or destination areas, you know, traffic going to destination areas that you come through and you might be staying uh, to go skiing or whatever at some point, or, you know, who knows, those might be good opportunities. If they don't already have breweries there, you might be able to open something there and be able to 
produce on a small scale and stay st and still be relevant and, and be able to earn a living. As long as you don't have those high hopes that you're going to become a, you know, a Lagunitas or a, or a Sierra Nevada or a New Belgium. Uh, if you want to just stay small, local, you know, kind of what you know what John's doing right now, right? He's, uh, you know, he's got he's in an area actually that has a lot of breweries. You know, I don't know how many he has in his area, but he's got quite a few, at, at least like five or six. But uh, he still seems, you know, I, I see photos all the time where they have a full house in there. I'm sure it's not full every day, but they do bring in some a lot of people at at uh, different times, and I'm hoping that that is is really you know helping him uh you know be able to keep things going and and get to a point where he can start uh you know distributing his beer out a little bit further away from ho his hometown and and get more recognition that way but without growing too fast i hope he he has a good uh, growth model that keeps it under control and he can still innovate uh, with his pilot system and get some really uh you know tasty beers there but but yeah you gotta i don't know i i think right now it's it's tough I, my daughter just sent me a message this weekend saying that there's another brewery opening in Pocatello. So keep in mind, Pocatello had one brewery for, you know, 15 years. And in last two or two years ago, well, uh, actually a year and a half ago, you know, Jim Dandy opened. And now, uh, it, you know, two years, you know, a year and a half, two years later, another brewery is thinking of opening in sure. the Pocatello area, uh, which is which is good. But again, is is. <laughs> Ah, phone broke. <laughs> Your phone broke? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I hit a button and actually just played something. Oh, no problem. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm kind of concerned. I'm 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 working a deal. I'm trying. I'm still trying to get Jim Dandy uh, interview and brewery tour in in February. Um, I'm gonna look and maybe uh, in May time frame this uh, other brewery that's opening. I'm. You know, I'm gonna try to hook up with him, uh, and and do a, you know do an interview and get him on the show. Uh, maybe taste some of his uh, pilot batches or some of his small batch stuff, whatever he's got going on. But he he won't be ready in February, but I'm thinking maybe May might be a good timing. So I'd be curious to hear how you know what his his business plan is in uh, you know coming into a, a town that just got a star a rock star brewery. That it's just doing everything right. You know, how he's, you know, what his plan is to be relevant. And I mean, people are going to a brewery that's doing doing great things. How how are you going to get customers to come over to your brewery? Uh, I mean, one way is to have great beer, but mm -hmm. you might have to have, offer something else too that Jim Danny doesn't offer. So I'm curious to find out what his plan is in that uh, uh, in that way. So stay tuned for that. Okay, Chris. Guess what? Uh, I said it was going to be a short show. I'm, I, I always lie. Because we start talking and we just don't stop. We have some great conversations. So it's not going to be a long show, but it wasn't as short. I thought we were going to have a, a show that was going to be under an hour. Uh, but we're going to be right around that, that hour and a half mark anyway. But before we, uh, we call this a quits and we, and we go to sleep for the night, uh, let's go ahead and, and raise, raise our glass to someone we'd like to raise a glass to. So who would like to raise a glass to tonight? I would actually like to raise a glass to you, Denny. Oh. Um, mostly because, damn, I didn't even know you had surgery this week. <laughs> uh, and uh, when you and I were going back and forth about uh, what to put together in the show, you were like, yeah, I'll throw a show together. And 
that you were recovering from surgery. So cheers to you, sir. I'm glad you were finally able to have your first beer after a few days. And it tasted so good too. I bet it did. (laughs) I bet it did. So, uh, yeah, thanks for sticking it out and, uh, hope you're healing up and, and, uh, getting back in the swing of things. Yeah. Well, thank you. I am. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a tough guy. I'm a tough old dur man. I want to say, I'll give you the old part. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, you know what? I want to raise my glass to, uh, to all the people who are listeners who left voicemails for us. Uh, they took the call to arms and they went and they did their part to, uh, to be a part of the show. And I really appreciate that's, I want to raise my glass to, to, uh, Tom, Jim, Tara, Robbie, Jason, and Jeff. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time out of your, of your schedule uh and uh and being a part of the show we really appreciate it and and uh, raise a glass to you and also uh again uh you know i'm a former serviceman i served on uh, submarines in the u.s navy and i and never i never not a day goes by i don't think of those men and women now uh serving uh, on submarines and serving out overseas protecting our freedoms i just want to raise my glass to you thank you for your service and please return home safety to your families. And Chris, why don't you go ahead and raise a glass to our sponsors? Absolutely. So I want to raise a glass to B Cups, the supplier of outdoor craft beer cups, for partnering up with us. And I encourage our listeners to go visit their site at bcups.net. That's B-C-U-P-S dot net. Or check out the other things they have going on at fermentedreality.com. And you can check out the world's first full line of style-specific plastic beer cups for people on the go. Whether you're hanging out at the beach, by the pool, hiking in the wilderness, or even enjoying some time on the boat, B-Cups are great for any place you can't use standard glassware. And you can also go visit our friends at Tavor and use the promo code TAPTHECRAFT, which is all one word, and they will give any new user a $10 credit after they spend $25. And you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in our show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And Chris, how can our listeners follow you? You can follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore McKenzie 82, or you can find me on Untapped or Instagram at MCK1345. Or, of course, you can always find me on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash Tap the Craft. All right. It is last call. It's time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening, and we ask you to please... Tell a friend, and of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, and Spotify, or however you listen to your podcast. As a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.